I'm thankful for what God's done for me. Amen. I'm thankful for what God has done for me. If you have your Bibles, turn with me tonight to the book of Ephesians, chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Y'all just thought that was a cute little Sunday school song. That's Scripture. I'm making melodies in my heart. giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Verse 18, and be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. But be filled with the Spirit. We're going to preach tonight with the help of the Holy Ghost and your help. Are you full? Are you full? If I was trying to be relevant, I'd say, what are you full of? But I'm not. Are you full? Are you full? Let's put our Bibles down. Let's go before the Lord in prayer tonight. Lord, I love you. I thank you. I praise your name. I magnify your name. God, you are worthy of all of my praise. Worthy of every bit of adoration that I can pour out to you. God, you are mighty and worthy and holy and righteous. And we thank you for your word. God, I pray that your will would be done in this place tonight. In every heart, in every mind, and in every life. I pray that your word would find its mark and that we would respond accordingly. In the name of Jesus, we pray. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Why don't you say amen? Amen. 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 You can be seated. Are you full? Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 15 says, See then that ye walk circumspectly. Not as fools, but as the wise. What does that mean, Pastor? It means you need to be careful not to walk like the world walks. Not to talk like the world talks. You need to walk around things that are evil. Don't partake of them. Don't get 
involved in them. Don't be as fools. Don't walk foolishly, but walk wisely. Separation is what he's talking about in verse 15. Now, we still believe in separation, don't we? Separation is one of the oldest and most basic doctrines of Scripture, not contained or limited by the Old Testament. But we find in Ephesians 5, Paul saying, hey, we're not going to act foolish. We're not going to act like the world. We're still going to believe in separation and preach separation. Redeeming the time, that means to make a ransom. That means to take full advantage of the time. To seize the day. To seize the moment. To grab hold of this occasion. Why? Because the days are evil. You're not promised tomorrow. In fact, we're living second by second. We are not promised in the moment, in a moment of the twinkling of an eye, something can change that will forever affect the rest of our lives. One change, one occurrence, one moment can change everything. And so he's saying, seize this opportunity. All right, pastors, we're preaching about separation. We're not just preaching about separation. In fact, I'm really not preaching about separation tonight at all. Preaching about seizing the day. Well, sort of. Redeeming the time. Because the days are evil. Verse 17. Wherefore be ye not unwise. Don't be stupid. Don't do stupid things. Don't be unwise. But understanding what the will of the Lord is. It's important for you and I to be able to get on our knees or to... to close our eyes or even just open our spirits. Maybe you're driving down the road and you can't close your eyes and you can't get on your knees. Then you just open your spirit and you begin praying and seeking the face of God. It's important for us to understand how to get in the flow of the spirit of God so we can discern what is the will of God. These are all vital to our Christian walk. They're vital to our Christian life. They are vital to our relationship with God. Paul's not mincing words. He's not diluting and and clouding the water. So it would seem a little random then that verse 18 is just thrown in there. Okay, so we're going to walk godly separated from the world. We're going to redeem the time. We're going to make the most out of our time. We're not going to be slothful and we're not going to be slack in our time. We're going to understand that i got to win a soul today because they're not promised tomorrow. And that i got to be a, a child of God today because the world is increasingly getting more evil. Increasingly evil. The world is deteriorating. The the spiritual condition of man is is falling away. So I've got to make sure that I'm doing everything that I can to walk with God and live for God today. Those are all very, very good points, Paul. Thank you. But why would you just throw in then verse 18 and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit? What are you saying, Paul? I'm saying that your heart is going to be full of something. I've lost some of you already. 
not drunk with wine wherein is excess. Another translation says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to reckless indiscretion. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. He's likening to, you're either going to be drunk in the, in the flesh, or you can be drunk in the Spirit. The fact of the matter is, you're going to be full of something. You can either be full of yourself, or you can be full of the Spirit. You can either be full of the world, or you can be full of righteousness. What are you full of? Being full of the Spirit of God is the direct opposite of being drunk with alcohol. Preaching about drinking tonight. He said don't drink because when you drink it clouds your judgment. No matter at what level. Well, I can just drink as long as I don't get drunk. You ask a drunk person if they're drunk. You walk into a bar and say, hey, you drunk? Oh, man, I'm good. That dude can't even stand up. He doesn't even think he's drunk. So how are you going to know when you're drunk or not? There's no indiscretion. You don't have the ability to make a good choice. So abstain from it completely. You know, I'm sorry. I thought I was in an apostolic church tonight that would still get behind preaching against sin? The intake of alcoholic beverages at any level is sinful. And sin still separates you from God. Well, I just don't think... Obviously. Even, and I shouldn't even have to make this statement, but I'm going to anyway. Even if drinking alcohol was not a sin, it says it leads to sin. So if I'm going to abstain from the very appearance of evil, that doesn't just mean I'm not going to do things that look like sin. Listen, when I was in high school, I used to chew beef jerky. It wasn't even that good. I'm not talking about going and buying beef jerky, Sister Sherry. I'm talking about getting the little cans. And it it was in my back pocket because I was a a farmer. I was a hick. Listen, I had buddies that put a can of skull in their back pocket and a a brand new pair of jeans and they'd get a piece of sandpaper and they'd they'd tighten down that skull can in that back pocket and they'd, they'd sand the edges of that skull can so everybody would know there's a skull can in their back pocket. It's just what stupid redneck kids do. Well, I knew if I got caught chewing tobacco, my dad would have made me eat the can. Think I'm playing. Oh, you like it? Just If I ever catch any of y'all chewing tobacco, I will make you eat every bit. That'll make me sick. What makes God sick? Oh, pastor's going in deep again tonight. Here we go. I, re- I was thinking about it this week. I said, man, I was stupid. I was immature. With Craig, I had a little can of beef jerky. and Nobody else knew that it was just beef jerky. Except all my friends knew that Fishburne doesn't do that kind of stuff. Even though he hangs out with us at lunch, even though that we talk about all this stuff around him, he doesn't get up and walk away because he's an idiot. 
as I was trying to fit in. I was trying to find my identity in the world. And it doesn't work. Even the sinners know you don't belong. I got in my little car one day after school and I packed my whole lip full of it. It was sticking out like this. Not tobacco, beef jerky. Tastes like sawdust. Anybody ever tried it? It does. It tastes like sawdust. It's disgusting. The things we do to act cool. And I remember pulling out of the parking spot and there's one of my buddies. I stopped the car. Hey, man, how you doing? He said, do you have dip in? Like I was the dumbest person in the world. He's got one in. But he knows. Listen, that doesn't, it doesn't compute. I do it because I don't know any better. But why are you doing it? We walk circumspectly. We're not just avoiding the appearance of evil. I'm avoiding anything that leads me to the evil. My dad still wasn't happy when he found out that it was just beef jerky. Because my dad understood. I don't, if, if he gets used to the feel. If he gets used to the feel of having a packed lip. Don't you ever, don't you ever try to put chewing tobacco in your mouth and come around me thinking I'm not going to notice. I had buddies that chewed pouches. I know what a pouch will look like in your lip. I don't care if you put it on your bottom lip or if you stick it up in your upper lip. I will know that it's there. I had a buddy in the locker room in gym class one time. Had had just a little bit. Nobody else would have known. The gym teacher walks in. That dude was as big as a bear. We asked him one time, we said, hey, hey, coach, would you rather lose your wedding ring or lose your key to the gym, the weight room? He thought about it. We'll preach about wedding rings another night. Anyway, Coach Gerber looked at him and said, hey, is that dip in your mouth? He said, no, it's beef jerky. He said, swallow it. Old Cam's face turned green. He said, now I think that's punishment enough for today, but if I ever catch you doing that again in my class. Because my dad understood, if I let my son get the the feel of it in his mouth, then then pretty soon just the feel of it's not going to be enough. Then he's going to, man, you know what? That winter green skull smells good. Okay. Swisher sweet cigar smells good. If I allow him to just get the feel of the the beef jerky in his mouth, then one thing will lead to another. Paul's preaching separation from the world. He's preaching the abstination, uh, abstaining from anything that will lead you to sin. But he goes on and he said, listen, what the world has got to offer you, heaven has got a reward that far surpasses anything that the world can try to put into your mind or into your spirit. There might be pleasure in sin for a season, but it leads to 
death. It leads to destruction. All right. Be not drunk with wine. Wherein is excess? Wherein is indiscretion? One translation literally means that leads to stupidity. It leads to stupidity. But be filled with the Spirit. And I'm thankful. I'm thankful my dad said, hey, I know it's just beef jerky, but if you want beef jerky, go buy a pack. I'm thankful. Because it kept me from progressing. You're going to be filled with something. So be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but rather flip the coin and be filled with the Spirit. That word, those two words, be filled, means to make full. It means to complete. One scholar said it's like having, uh, having something crammed down into a vessel or a pot or a jar. He said be crammed full. That means there is absolutely no room for anything else. But be filled with the Spirit. I'm not going to take time to tell you uh, or try to pronounce the, the Greek word used in Ephesians chapter 5. But let me tell you that the same word for be filled is found in Acts chapter 2 and verse 2. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. That means there was no room for anything else. There was no room in them. There was no other room for anything else in the atmosphere. The room was crammed full of the Spirit of God. And God is saying that is where I want my children to dwell. That's great. Everybody say, that's great, Pastor. But it's not just used in Acts chapter 2. It's also used in Acts chapter 5. Verse 3. But Peter said, Ananias, why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? And so in Acts chapter 2, we find that it's God doing the filling. But in Acts chapter 5, we find that it's Satan doing the filling. And so in Ephesians chapter 5, Paul's doing more than just saying, hey, don't partake of alcohol. 
He's saying you got a choice to make. Are you going to be full of the things of the world? Or are you going to be full of the things of, the, of God? Are you going to be full of the spirit of the world? Or are you going to be full of the spirit of God? you got a choice to make. He said they're in direct opposition to each other. But they're both are equal opportunity. He's saying I want to know. Are you full of the spirit of God? You can allow God to fill your heart. You can allow God to fill your soul. Or Satan will certainly fill it. But there are some things that go along with my heart being filled with the Spirit of God. There are some things that go along. There are some accommodations that must be made if God is going to fill my heart. There are some actions that follow my infilling of the Spirit. Verse 19 of Ephesians. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. What are you saying, Pastor? It's not just what I'm saying. It's not just what Paul said. But Paul was writing under the unction of the Holy Ghost. These are the words of God. If you are to be full of my spirit, then there are some actions that must accompany the infilling of the Holy Ghost. If you're going to be an apostolic, if you're going to be Pentecostal, there are some things that you must partake of there are some things that you must release there are some things that you must be involved in this is what the believer does when they are crammed full of the spirit they are crammed full of praise they are crammed full of worship they are participating in the exaltation There are some things. That accompany. Being apostolic. And I would dare say that if I'm not. Participating. If I am not involved in. These activities then I cannot claim to be apostolic. I cannot claim to be Pentecostal. I cannot claim to follow the apostles' doctrine. I cannot claim to just have the Pentecostal experience. Because it's more than just a Pentecostal experience. This is a lifestyle. I said this is a lifestyle. And so I can't come into church and just expect to, to retain my, my title of apostolic Pentecostalism and sit quietly on a pew. 
I cannot claim to be apostolic, Pentecostal, while praise and worship is going on and I'm sitting here twiddling my thumbs. I'm not apostolic. I'm not Pentecostal. Honey, you might as well call me Baptist. You might as well call me Methodist. I cannot claim to be apostolic and Pentecostal if I'm not involved in praise and I'm not involved in worship. I cannot cannot take that title. I cannot bring that mode and method of salvation into my life. I cannot claim to be part of that body because the body of Christ worships. The body of Christ magnifies. The body of Christ blesses. I want to have Brother brother Heath repeat what he opened service with tonight. In light of Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18. Go ahead. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul. I'm not full of the world. I'm full of the Spirit. And there are things that accompany being filled with the Spirit. I've got to command my soul to bless the Lord. And all that is within me. Everything that is within me. I command my carnal nature to bless the Lord. I command my doubt to bless the Lord. I command my spirit to bless the Lord. This is an entire body. This is an entire body exercise. Everything that's in me. My good days, I'm commanding to bless the Lord. My bad day, I'm commanding to bless the Lord. My circumstance, my health issue, my marital problem, my children acting crazy and doing stupid stuff, I'm commanding that to bless the Lord. Everything that's in me, no part of me gets to sit on the sideline. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. His holy name. Notice, it does not have anything to do with me. It does not have anything to do with my emotion. It is not predicated upon whether or not I feel like it or not. But because he is holy and because he is worthy. Tell him about blessing the Lord, brother. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefit. So when I stop blessing the Lord, it's because I have forgotten how good it is to live for Him. The world says, oh, how sweet it is to be loved by you. When I stop blessing him, it's because everything that he's done for me has now taken a back seat to what's going on in my world today. I cannot claim to be apostolic and Pentecostal. I cannot even claim, Brother Zeke, to be called an overcomer. You know why? Because we are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and what? The word of my... Testimony. 
What is my testimony? My testimony is remembering all of his benefits. The times when I was down and he brought me up. The times when I was out and he brought me in. The times where I was going crazy and he settled my mind. The time that it was chaotic and he gave me peace. But if I dare forget his benefits, then I learn to sit back then it becomes easy for me to shelf my apostolic Pentecostalism. Young person who's only ever known living for God, that's a benefit. It is a benefit that you don't know what the world tastes like. It is a benefit that you don't know what the world smells like. It's a benefit that you don't know what the world feels like. And hell wants to get you thinking that you're missing out on oh so much. But let me preach to you tonight. There is nothing in this world worth saving or worth losing your soul. There is nothing in this world that is... There's nothing in this world that can compare to living for God. They can't get you high enough to compare. Time out. Time out. So stop looking at her Instagram. And stop reading her Facebook post. And stop trying to figure out what's so good out there. There's nothing. I said there's nothing. And there's nothing in that that ought to pertain to an apostolic. There's nothing in that that ought to appeal. Oh, you, I'm getting mad now. I said there's nothing in that mess worth going to look at. What are you full of? I stop praising him when I forget about his benefits. Go ahead. Who forgiveth all thy iniquities. He forgave my sin. It is under the blood as if it never occurred. You know, I really expected apostolics to get more excited about that. Say it again, Brother Heath. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. All my iniquity. There's not part of my iniquity that he's holding over my head. There's not part about my life that I partook in before I came to God. He's saying, hey, guess what? When you were baptized, I washed everything away but this. That's not the way he works. Go ahead. 
who healeth all thy diseases. Has anybody ever been healed? If he's ever healed your body, you ought to give him praise right now. If he's ever healed your mind, you ought to give him praise. Daily, he loadeth me with benefits. Go ahead, brother. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction. He redeemed my life from destruction. That means without him, I was damned. There was no hope. I said there was no hope. But when he found me, that's right, he found me. I didn't find him because he wasn't lost. I was. He saved my life from destruction. Go ahead. Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Oh, you want to feel like a prince? You want to feel like a princess? Come on. He's wanting to crown you with loving kindness and tender mercies. He's wanting you to carry his love, his kindness, his mercy with you like a crown everywhere that you go. Go ahead. Who satisfieth thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. He satisfieth thy mouth. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Do I have anybody here tonight? They say, you know what, Pastor? I lived out there and there's nothing good about it. I've tried it. I've I walked that path and there's nothing good. Nothing at all. Nothing, not one. But when I got in his presence, I tasted and I could see. Now there are some things that accompany being apostolic and Pentecostal. I've got to bless the Lord. I'm returning to my initial purpose. I'm returning to the purpose that God gave Adam and Eve of communion, relationship, covenant relationship. I'm returning to the purpose of the fact that I was created to bring God glory. That's why you and I were created. To bring glory to God. What did you say about blessing the Lord? You described blessing the Lord. Explain it to him again. Bless the Lord is more than to praise. More than to praise. It is to praise with affection and gratitude. So, so it's more than just standing there, clapping my hands with no emotion and with a blank stare.
Brother Stender, give me both barrels on this. You're not going to shout me down. I was clapping, Pastor. Just because my palms are making contact doesn't mean that it's praise. Just because I got my little hand in the air doesn't make it worship. Just because I'm tapping my toe doesn't mean I'm being apostolic. Doesn't mean I'm being Pentecostal. Read it again. That, that last part. To bless is more than to praise. More. It is to praise yeah. with affection and gratitude. With affection. When I think of the goodness. There's emotion, there's affection that are involved. When I think about the times I was going to lose my mind. But he brought me out. It ought to elicit an emotional response. I'm not talking about hype. I'm talking about worship. I said I'm talking about worship. There are some things that accompany being apostolic. He said don't be drunk with wine. Or strong drink. Fermented grape juice or hardcore vodka. They're all the same in God's book. Wherein is excess or wherein is foolishness? Wherein is indiscretion? Wherein is stupidity? But be filled! And when I'm filled with the Spirit of God, I start speaking to myself. Hey, I start speaking to myself in Psalms and in hymns. It's like the day of Pentecost. They said, man, these guys are full of new wine. These guys are, these guys are drunk. Why? Because they heard them talking funny. They heard them speaking funny. Speak to yourselves. In psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is what happens when a believer becomes crammed full of the Spirit of God. You're not going to take a believer like that and drop them into a dead church service and expect it to stay dead. 
Yet that's why, that's why my wife couldn't stay back in her pew. Why? Because she's she's catching hold. She wants everything God's got. That's why Brother Craig is up here with no music and he's starting to dance. He's starting to speak in tongues. Why? Because you're not gonna take somebody cramped full of the Spirit of God and say, hey, just sit down and be quiet. Hey, sister boys, you gotta keep that contained. Oh, yeah, you, can't, you can't do that around here. I had somebody tell me the other day, they, they've never been to service here at all. They just showed up randomly. He said, you know what? He said, I get kicked out of churches all the time. Now, he alluded to the fact that it was because he, he wasn't going to be silent and quiet. I said, man, you've never been to the right church. So if he is correlating being drunk and on alcoholic beverage to being full of the Spirit. I'm going to ask you again, what are you full of? You say, oh, you know, it's Sunday night. I just want to come and have quiet church. I'm going to tell you something. There's something about going to a Sunday night service at an apostolic Pentecostal church. Doesn't matter if they're singing slow songs or if they're singing fast songs. Something's about to break. Why? When I get a revelation of what happens. When I'm full of the Spirit. When I get a revelation of how I ought to be acting. Is that guy talking to himself? He's encouraging himself in the Lord. What in the world is going on? He's speaking to himself. She's speaking to herself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Why? Because there's something in the heart of an apostolic Pentecostal. It says, I will not be quiet. I will not be silent. I will not sit by. Why? Because i got to redeem the day. I got to redeem the time because the days are evil. I may not get another chance. God might come back tonight, but I want to take this opportunity to let my voice be heard. An apostolic Pentecostal church is going to get demonstrative. Now that's a fun word. If there's ever been one. No. It's not demonstrative. It's demonstrative. It sounds monstrous. Demonstrous. The root word of it is to demonstrate. But it takes it to a whole other level. When the English scholar said no it's not demonstrative. It is demonstrative. It is evoking a special emotion in me. It is demonstrating as real or true. It is characterized or established by demonstration or conclusive proof. The third definition, 3A, is marked by display of feeling. 
Demonstrative is in our English language because God is saying, I need you to get a revelation of praise and worship. It is inclined to display feelings openly. That's why the Catholics do not have demonstrative worship. We as apostolic Pentecostals, when I come into the house of God, I get my emotions ready. I get my mouth ready. I get my signs and wonders ready. I get my praise ready. Pastor, why are you beating on a drum? Because I'm demonstrating. I'm being demonstrative in my praise and in my worship. Craig, try it once. I'm apostolic. I'm Pentecostal. I want to let my praise be heard. I'm getting full of the Spirit. Young people, let me preach to you tonight. We're going to have a youth group that knows how to worship God. You just wait and see but let me preach to you tonight when we show up at the rally if nobody else wants to worship we're gonna worship if nobody else wants to shout we're gonna shout just a bunch of emotionalism you better believe my emotions are involved because when I think of the goodness of Jesus it does something to me I don't want to be full of the world I don't want to be full of the baseball statistics or the football statistics I don't care about who's boxing and who's hitting golf balls. I don't care about who's driving race cars. I want to know who's on the Lord's side. I want to be full. I want to be full. And we're in doubt, saying one to another, what meaneth this? What an opportunity for a testimony. I don't know why y'all worship the way you do. Let me tell you. Girl, sit down. Let me tell you. Oh, sit back. Let me tell you about brother so-and-so. Let me tell you about what God has done for me. Young person, let me tell you how I've never tasted tobacco. Oh, that's a weak testimony. Are you kidding me? Let me tell you how I never tasted alcohol. Oh, that's a weak testimony. Oh, no. I didn't do what everybody else was doing. Peter, 
Others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you. Hearken to my words. He didn't say they're not drunk. He just said, it ain't Jack. It ain't Jim. It ain't none of their friends. It ain't the Captain Morgan. It's not the Gold Flake. It's not Mr. Beam or Tennessee Whiskey. It's not a moonshine. This is sunshine, baby. It's not like anything you ever tasted of or heard of before. But this is what was spoken of by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I'll pour out my spirit. It's appropriate and completely necessary for our praise and our worship to garner the attention of the unbeliever. What are we doing tonight, Pastor? We're being apostolic. Every service can be like this. Every service ought to be like this. See, well, what if it's a deep move of the Holy Ghost? Then we ought to be one shade away. We ought to be one breeze away from explosive revival atmosphere. I just, you know... Somebody asked me the other day, I guess I ought to make it a, a public service announcement. If y'all are feeling the ghost during service and you want to pound on that drum, it's not just for pastor only. I think, I think we ought to just start leaving these tambourines out here. Now, let me tell you, if you catch my eye and I'm giving you the eye, that means, hey, it ain't a joyful noise. <laughs> Hello. I read an article today. Sister Angie about drunk people. It was not it was not on Alcoholics Anonymous. It was actually I'll tell you. Daniels and Rothman Law Firm's webpage. It's a big, long article, but I pulled out the meat for us tonight. An individual who has been charged for the first time with drunk driving with no criminal record may be able to convince a judge to reduce one's penalties by explaining that he or she made a terrible mistake that will never happen again. After all, we're only human. However, a recent study that analyzes the effects of alcohol suggests that even though some individuals may be fully aware that they are drunk, they may still choose to do the things that they shouldn't despite knowing the harm 
it could cause to others. The study was conducted by psychologists at the University of Missouri at Columbia. That's a city in Missouri. Based on the results of the study, researchers are suggesting that although individuals claim that alcohol can cause them to lose control over what they say and do, they may actually have more control over their actions than what they let on. Not my words. It's the psychologist. The study claims that drunk people oftentimes know that they are making mistakes. They just simply don't care. They just simply don't care when they do make mistakes. Now let's flip that over into the spirit. Oh, pastor, I just don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I can do the huckabucka. I don't know if I can do the funky chicken. I don't know if I can roll down the stairs or run the aisles. But let me ask you tonight, when you get so full of the Holy Ghost, honey, you'll just stop caring what anybody else thinks. You'll stop caring if it messes up your hair. You'll stop caring if you break a nail. You'll stop caring if you sweat out your suit. You'll stop caring about sweat stains. David knew he was unorthodox in his worship. He just didn't care what people thought of him. You ought to practice that for a few moments. I'm not done. I just got to catch my breath. That's it, Hannah. Come on out of that pew, sweetheart. That's what it's all about. This right here is what it's all about. You know what? We're creating an atmosphere for our young people that says, you know what? I'm going to be part of the cool crowd because the cool crowd worships, the cool crowd praises, the cool crowd dances. I'm apostolic from the top of my head to the sole of my feet. This is what it means to show forth the praises. Show forth the praises. Come on, I'll let you shout me down now. What are you full of? You're a lively stone. Come on, that's it. Yes, 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 yes. 
God says it's necessary. If you're going to be apostolic, you're going to be a worshiper. Let it well up inside of you. Wherefore laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. Everybody say grow. If so be you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. To whom coming as unto a lively stone disallowed indeed of men but chosen of God and precious. He also as lively stones. That means you're alive. Have you been born again of the water and of the Spirit? There's life in you. That means I can't act dead. That's not being lively. But I'm a lively stone built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices. We bring a sacrifice of praise. Actually, it has something to do with the word. Acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Okay. Verse 9. But you're a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. And holy nation. A peculiar people. We get distracted by the first part of that verse. A chosen generation. Man, I want to be chosen. A royal priesthood. Man, I want to be kings and priests. And holy nation. I'm thankful to be separated unto God for a purpose. A peculiar people. We know that means a peculiar treasure. Thank you, Jesus. I've got a purpose. I've got worth. I've got value. And we get distracted by the last part. I've been called out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Thank the Lord I'm not living in darkness anymore. Thank the Lord I don't have to walk in darkness. Thank the Lord I don't have to stumble around trying to figure. I, I, I'm so thankful. And we ought to be. Yeah. 
He's called me out of darkness into his glorious light, his marvelous light. Glory to God. I'm living in the light now. 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 But sandwiched between those two popular buzz phrases is this. He did all of that for me that I should show forth the praises of him. I'm almost done. To show forth is to tell out, to proclaim, to tell out or to tell forth, to declare abroad, to divulge, to publish. Learn a new word today. Hebraistic. Ooh. Word of the week. It means that pertaining to Jewish culture and Jewish scholars, looking at it from the, the lens of the Jewish people, they would say that to show forth is to make known by praising or proclaiming, to celebrate. He called me out of darkness into his marvelous light. I'm a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a chosen generation. And that is something to celebrate. There's praise attached. Are you ready to celebrate? Are you really ready to celebrate? All right, you ready? It's like New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve, Brother Isaac. What happens on New Year's Eve? We close out an old chapter. And we usher in a new. And it gets down to 11.59. Oh, we got 30 seconds. And they are, it's not 11.59. I hadn't been preaching that long. 746, you got time. Oh, you got time. 30 seconds. Somebody's watching the clock and everybody grabs their, their noisemakers. 15. Okay. Everybody grabs, everybody who's married, grabs their wife. We're about to celebrate. 10. 9. 8. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. I asked if you were ready. Somebody ought to celebrate. Somebody ought to show forth the praises. I'm apostolic. I'm Pentecostal. That means I'm going to worship God with everything I am. It's part of my spiritual DNA. It's part of who I am. This isn't abnormal. This is normal. If you don't want to worship like this, you're the one that's abnormal. You're saying in the spirit, look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. Look what he's done. I ought not to.
to be here, but look at what he's done. Look at what he brought me out of. Look at what he brought me into.